Welcome to Bucks County Conversations. I'm Charlotte Reese. This is a production of the Bucks County Commissioner's Department of Communications and your source for real conversations happening within the Bucks County government. Bucks County Conversations. Bucks County Conversations. This was great having this conversation. This episode is the first of many where we talk to department heads, division leaders, and employees about who they are, what their job is, and how they help the residents of Bucks County. Today we are talking about projects and diversity with our projects and diversity officer, Bernard Griggs. I basically oversee capital projects in cooperation with multiple county departments and agencies as assigned by the chief operating officer and basically represent the county on all issues relative to diversity and inclusion internally and externally. And later, No Lung Down is a key to some of the things that ail our community. We hear from Pastor James Evans and Demita Harvey from the nonprofit No Longer Bound Prevention and Training Services. The center will be a safe haven. It will be a place that people can walk to. It's right located in the community. This is Bucks County Conversations. Episode one here, talking with Bernard Griggs. Bernard, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Charlotte. It's great to be here today. Before we get into projects, let's talk about diversity a little bit. Why is it important for county government to have this role? So when you look at the state of affairs that the world is in today as it relates to diversity and inclusion matters, it's just essential that you know people really understand diversity and inclusion, and just give folks the ability to have the mindset of understanding about diversity and inclusion, but most importantly, to be able to come to work every day and be comfortable and understand their colleagues that may not look the same as them, and just just really make the workplace a better place to be. If you can define it, what is diversity in government? Well, that's what we're setting forth to do here at Bucks County. When you look at the county workforce countywide, the workforce doesn't necessarily represent all communities. And so as we create a program here to do community outreach and recruitment of a more diverse workforce, we're going to be reaching out to try to tap that community to make sure that our workforce looks like the community. But when you tie the need for diversity into what we're trying to do here, you also have to change the mindset of folks that are in the decision-making. I mean, if they don't understand diversity from a cultural and gender awareness perspective, they may not necessarily make the right decisions in interviews for new hires and things like that. So it's important as we train folks to understand what diversity means, it will change the mindset in some of the decision-making as we try to tie that into recruiting a more diverse workforce. Mm -hmm. And just speaking of training, if you want, tell me a little bit about your background and how your past has kind of prepared you for this role now. Well, first of all, I'm a a bricklayer by trade. Mason expert, 25 years in the bricklayers union. I was the first ever full-time representative of my local bricklayers and allied craft workers union of Philadelphia. The union represents 2,500 members. I did everything from bringing in new contractors, making sure that 
workers had what they needed and that the contractors were living up to the terms and conditions of the collective bargaining agreements and so forth and so on. But a lot of the Philadelphia government initiatives required diversity and inclusion from a workforce standpoint. And that really required you know, getting people that lived in certain communities, zip code areas on certain job sites, making sure the job site looked like the community. I did that leadership position for the bricklayers from 2000 to 03. In February of 03, I became a business representative for the Philadelphia Building Trades Council. The council represents about 44 unions, 80,000 members. And when I tie in my experience to coming from the union and coming here, it all comes down to working for the people. And each time, you know, the workforce and people in which I represent, the group seems to get bigger, you know, because there's a lot more people here in the county of Bucks. But, you know, when I look at the experiences that kind of help prepare me for the position I'm in now, I mean, I was responsible for creating the next job. The construction industry is one that people are working themselves out of a job because if there's no next project to go to, then where do those folks go? They go to the unemployment line. So as labor leaders, you try to create the next job. And so when the county here adopted the responsible contractor policy, it was a policy that the building trades was very familiar with. And so it was a nice fit to have somebody like myself that understands responsible contractor policy to be able to help implement it here at the county. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite days so far working in the county was seeing that mural come together, the Love is the Answer mural in Morrisville. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Because aside from getting physical projects done, not that that's not, it's not a physical building, but it's such a representation of what, you know, a project is bringing people together and and doing something. Well, the Love is the Answer World Mural Day event was a spinoff of the A.J. Ali Walking While Black Love is the Answer program. And that's a program that we started under our diversity and inclusion initiative way back when. The purpose of it is to find a place to actually spread the message of love and peace through a mural. And so each year under this program, there's a day in which it's presented, the mural, all simultaneously around the world. They have a national Zoom meeting to kind of display and share the different mules and that kind of thing. But it really just spreads the love and peace message in a way in which I've never seen before. I mean, you you said it yourself. I mean, because I have to tell you, that was one of the coolest projects that I worked on in addition to some of these construction projects, that the reaction of folks that actually get to see that mural every day, it's just, it's just outstanding. And I can tell you firsthand because... I know folks that live in the community down there. And when you go down South Delmore Avenue, under the Route 1 bridge, it's painted right on the abutment of the bridge. And so that road is like a main thoroughfare for people getting to and from and through around the Morrisville area. Well, it's also a lot of foot traffic that goes down that road, particularly because there's a dog park a block and a half away. And so whether it's foot traffic or vehicular traffic, people see it. And the response has just been overwhelming. Nothing negative. I don't want to jinx us, but you know, when we painted the mural, we also protected it with an anti-graffiti protection, just in case for some reason it was vandalized, we'd be able to clean it up and make sure that we could restore it back to normal with not a lot of effort. 
not one incident whatsoever. As a matter of fact, we hear folks wanting to make the area look better. Hey, how about planting a flower bed over here or maybe some shrubs? Unfortunately, we really can't do that because <laughs> the mural being under a bridge, it gets no sunlight. And if you recall, when we were down there, that was the only area that was all dirt. There was nothing uh, grown underneath the bridge. So, but look, it's just a wonderful thing and a program that we continue to keep participating in as we move forward here through our efforts of diversity and inclusion at the county. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we had our commissioners out there painting the student who made the design for it, police officers, our district attorney, you, everybody was grabbing paintbrushes that day. That was, that was not that ribbon cuttings aren't fun, but that was a different, a different type of day out. And I tell you, it took a lot of planning too. You know, it just wasn't, you know, find a wall, paint a mural. We had to first get clearance and permission from the Delaware River Joint Toll Bridge Commission because it's their property. But it also required some volunteer work. We had volunteers from the Painters Union, District Council 21, that volunteered at no cost to help prep it, supplied materials to prepare it. And it took about two weeks of serious preparation to get to the point where we could put one paintbrush on it to paint the mural. So a collaborative effort that this really brought the whole community together from the local government to the folks that lived in the community, the law enforcement, I mean, you name it. It was just a really great collaboration. Right. Yeah, so much planning. And that, as you said, is not just a mural, but in a sense, just a mural as compared to the community center that's going to be in the African-American Museum. That's going to be even more exciting, I'm sure. Thank you so much, Bernard. Thank you for having me. This was great having this conversation. A project Bernard mentioned is giving One Bucks County nonprofit a home. That's really a cool project. It's the Martha Miller No Longer Bound Community Center. That is a 2,000 square foot modular building that'll serve as a community center. Located in Bristol Township. Because you guys are opening in February, is that? Which officially opened in February. That is correct. No Longer Bound Prevention and Training Services is a grassroots organization with a mission to empower the community by providing programs and activities that create healthy behaviors. So February 1st, our first program will be Amplifying Black Brilliance, which is a collaboration with the Bristol Riverside Theater and the African American Historical and Cultural Society. According to No Longer Bound's website, it was the first African American grassroots prevention agency to be licensed in the state of Pennsylvania. Can you guys just Tell me a little bit about yourselves and how long. A few members of the board and staff recently joined me over Zoom to talk about the mission of No Longer Bound. Hi, I am Danita Harvey. I am the prevention manager at No Longer Bound. My journey with No Longer Bound started in 1999. I was doing a lot of behind the scenes clerical administration, but when I became a mother, I had a passion to do more programming. So about 2014, I became the prevention manager. Since then, I've been trying to help just guide some of the programming and just really trying to hear the community and bring the community together to really accomplish uh, some of our goals as an organization. Okay, Pastor James Evans. I've been the executive director for No Longer Bound for 29 years. No Longer Bound is a key to some of the things that ail our community. We find ourselves dealing with children who come from one-parent homes. We find ourselves dealing with children who have issues at the school district, not saying the school district is harming them, 
but they're not keeping up with the school district's curriculum, if you will. And, and we find ourselves working with them as far as trying to provide what they need to be able to at least continue to grow. And so it's important for us to make sure that they know that there are those in the community that look like them that have not written them off, but are there to help build them so that they could be strong in the society that they live in. And so this center basically gives us a fresh start. It's brand new. And it's something that we want to show them that we want to take care of and also show them that, you know what, there are other people even outside of our community that are there to help us lift them up to make them, instead of a menace to society, make them those who are excited about helping the society. No Longer Bound's various programs are designed for all ages. Drill team. From children to young men and women. Teach them how to be young ladies. Boys to men programs. As well as programs for adults and seniors, like their diabetes prevention program. To lessen the chance of contracted type 2 diabetes. They offer after-school programs. The Too Good for Drugs and Violence after-school program, which really focuses on setting goals. Nutrition programs. The Heat Club, which is the Healthy Eating and Active Time program. Tutoring programs. The county has provided 10 laptops for the students to use to come in and do their homework. They have partnerships with outside agencies, too like Bucks County Drug and Alcohol and the Bucks County Sheriff's Office. They really want to start building the relationships between the police as well as the community. Demita and Pastor Evans both said the goal is to have community events. We believe that community engagement is the key to really taking the programs to the next level. The center will be a safe haven. It will be a place that people can walk to. It's right located in the community. It's a beautiful park there. So we're looking forward to really utilizing that space both inside the center as well as outside of the center. We know that over this last couple of years that with COVID, that some of our kids have fallen a little bit behind. So we're really looking for that opportunity to provide them with some educational enhancement through the services that we're offering there, as well as, you know, our prevention efforts, just making sure that we're creating all types of healthy behaviors. Right. And the center has a namesake. It's for the founder of No Longer Bound. Can you guys tell me a little bit about Martha Miller and maybe a little bit more about the history of No Longer Bound and what this namesake center is going to mean? So I will share a personal story about Martha. So I grew up across the street from Martha. A couple of years ago, we had this conversation and she was like, yeah, I was at your house when you came home from the hospital. So our relationship goes back a long, long way. When I was young, Martha used to come out to the playground and she used to host these nutrition classes for us, you know, talk about cleaning up the community, but we were doing neighborhood beautification. So she was really the first person who introduced me to new human services and being a part of an nonprofit world. I've talked to several other people just about their relationships with Martha, and she's touched all of us in some way just by her kind, gentle demeanor and her willingness to help her community. She has been an advocate for such a long time. You know, she for me is more like a mentor. She's always the person where I'd come in and I'd be like, well, this isn't working and this isn't working. She was like, you know what? It'll all work out. Just calm down, be patient. Just had this way of talking to you and getting people to do things by influencing them, you know, about the betterment of the community. When I first became pastor, Martha came to me and we only had the one building at the time. And she wanted to have 
a no longer bound meeting and it was all women and they were downstairs in the church basement, which is now the daycare center. And not too long after that, there was a murder in the community at a house party. And I remember I went to the association for the pastors of Bristol and told them that Sister Miller wanted to have a walk protesting the violence. It wasn't received well. And I told her, that I will march with them. And she was animate about it. And so many women came out and they marched in the cold for Martin Luther King Day. And it, it was amazing to see how many people came out because she made sure that she got the word out that we were going to let our young people know and our teenagers know and our, our, our residents know that we, we couldn't tolerate that. And we wanted them to know that our children needed safe passage. And, and I became hooked at No Longer Bound because of her tenacity. She was a little woman in stature, but she had a big heart. And the fact of the matter is all she wanted to do after she lost her husband and her son to violence, all she wanted to do was make a difference in the community. And at that time, it, was always, it always amazed me that people resented that, but she didn't let that hinder her as far as still making a difference. And to this very day, She's always made a difference. And so I hold her in high esteem. And I'm glad that, that she, she persevered. And we, can, and we can acknowledge that, you know what, she really set uh, a tone, if you will, on how we are supposed to uh, avail ourselves for the community that we say we live in and serve. That is awesome. Thank you guys so much for sharing stories with me, sharing information about the organization and what's to come up for this year. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Charlotte. And the only last thing I'll say is that we are excited about this new building. I just want to put that out there. Excited about what's going to happen. That's it for this episode of Bucks County Conversations. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. That way, when a new episode comes out, it'll pop up on your feed. And follow us on social media for day-to-day content. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search Bucks County Gov. That's Bucks County G-O-V-T. I'm Charlotte Reese, and this is Bucks County Conversations. Talk soon.